Today's episode of Beyond the Rut is sponsored by Capshow, which is the ultimate AI content marketer for entrepreneurs who podcast, vlog, or live stream like yours truly. Stay tuned throughout this episode to discover more ways you can use Capshow for your content. For now, let's get straight into the episode. Do you feel like you're stuck in a rut in life or in a dead-end job with no progression? I'm Jerry Dugan, and welcome to Beyond the Rut, the podcast that offers you the motivation, inspiration, and practical tools to help you build a life worth living. My show is here to help you break free from your limitations and find a path to success. Join me as I share encouraging stories and actionable advice on how to get out of your rut in life and create a vision for your future. Life is just too short to live stuck in a rut. Here we go. Do you ever feel like you're spreading yourself too thin in your life because of obligations in all the relationships you have, whether it's your coworkers, your family members, your friends, anything? Well, my guest, Stephanie Jordan, is an author, speaker, and a mom of nine, if you'll believe that. And um, it's true. So you got to believe it. Anyway, we're going to be talking about biblical boundaries. So how do you say no to things that are going to just not be as important and say yes to the things that are most important to you? And then how do you set boundaries for yourself so that you're doing the things that are healthier for you? So if that's something that sounds like you need that, or you need more of it, or you just want to just, maybe we've piqued your curiosity, sit back, relax, grab a notebook and a pen, because here we go. Oh, and another thing, actually, I'm getting ahead of myself. Just Check this out. Here we go. All right. Hey, Stephanie, how are you doing? I'm well. Thank you for having me today. And then uh, for the re-edit, because my voice cracked. Hey, Stephanie, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm leaving all that in there. <laughs> uh, so we got connected, I think, through Podmatch, if if I remember correctly. And yes. Now, I know that you are the Boundaries Mentor, and you talk about that. Uh, but before we dive in, uh, because my brother, he... I'm scared of motorcycles. Uh, too many stories of people losing their heads over it. Uh, but my brother loves them. He rides dirt bikes. So that's his thing. He goes oh. out into the woods with a, he calls it a toy hauler, which becomes his camper while he's out there. And he rides dirt bikes all weekend with his buddies. Um, what kind of, so you're interested in motorcycles. Is that correct? Yes. A lot of matters. All right. Now, what kind of bike do you ride? I have a Harley Davidson Sportster 48. Nice. So yours has so, that, that patented sound <laughs> that Harley yes, Davidson's known she for. She is loud. You can hear me coming. Oh, and man. you don't want to be on your phone if I'm beside you in the car because <laughs> you won't be able to hear a thing. A good buddy of mine, Mike, uh, he and I will do uh, ruck marching in the mornings. We haven't done it in a while. I don't know why, but uh, you know, we're talking about miles and miles with like heavy packs on our back. But anyway, he's a big Harley guy. So I'll have to tell him, hey, you got to listen to this episode because Stephanie's on there. She writes Harleys. She has her own Harley. Uh, we didn't get the Harley on the show, but, you know, I'll, I'll pipe in some some audio track or something. Send for you him. a picture. There we go. Send you a picture. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah. I'll put that in the show notes. Cool deal. Awesome. And you, you might be the, well, at least the first person to say you own a Harley on the show. So there we go. There's there's a beyond the right I'm a first. big fan of writing. There's nothing like capturing a moment in life like being on a motorcycle. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a lot of uh, flexibility too. Like you can get through, you know, tight spots. You can. It's just open air. Like if it's a nice day out, yeah, it's like great. Uh, if it's raining, you're like, yeah, I'm tough. 
Whereas I'm ducked in my car with the windshield wipers on. I'm like, oh, it's so dry in here. Uh, the worst is when you get smacked with bugs. That's something like I didn't realize before I started writing. Like, yeah. just like when you get hit in the neck with a bug and its guts, like, you know, slide up around your neck and you got to keep going. Yeah. And you're like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> now, the helmet you have isn't like the kind that encapsulates your whole face. It's just like the skull cap and then you like wear goggles or sunglasses. No, I am a full face helmet girl. I've been down twice on my motorcycle and both times I would have hit my face. Oh, wow. No, no, no. I am, I am all about a full face helmet. Okay. So. Cool. There you go. And you know, from practical experience too, you're like, yeah, no, that gravity, gravity's mean. <laughs> yeah. The first time I went down, I was on a pothole. I literally oh, didn't, it locked up my front wheel and I didn't know that I wrecked till my head hit the ground. It was that fast. It was like I had fallen out of bed. Yeah. And so that was my first time to ever go down. And when I hit it, you know, I hit my head and it went like that. And I was like, oh, I love a full face helmet because it would have gotten my jawline. So. Oh, nice. Nice. And you're like, yep. Nope. From forevermore. This is it. This is the way I ride. Yeah. And I, I would feel safer with a full helmet like that as well. Just um rocks and stuff i don't know I, I, my windshield's been deep yeah. enough i'm like wow that cracked a piece of glass that's tempered yeah. that's exactly right <laughs> that'll bust my Bugs face too. <laughs> yes that, uh, it, absolutely that's right that'll all get your face man man Th- watch this will be like the the next most downloaded episode because we talked about motorcycles for a little <laughs> while like that was the manliest jerry ever got on his show i'm like i'm a manly guy come on um uh, so Again, you you came on because you're the Boundaries Mentor. You've got a book called Believing in Boundaries. And then I was doing my homework on you. Like, you know, what qualified Stephanie to talk about healthy boundaries in relationships? And it's like, well, you've been married, divorced, I believe remarried, unfortunately widowed, and and then you put redeemed. But here's the other thing. Blended family with nine kids. And I'm like, you don't navigate those kinds of relationships without learning about boundaries. <laughs> and, so true. And you're also a marriage and family coach uh, certified with the Enneagram and, and you lead people through understanding their, their personality dynamics and how that you know supports you, but then also how that could not just complement others, but also clash with others and then how to navigate that. So um, what are boundaries in a sense and why are they so important for us? So I love to equate boundaries with a sense. Like a fence around your backyard. Nobody puts a fence up around their backyard and other people go, oh my gosh, it's so rude. I can't believe they're putting a fence around their backyard. Like it's expected, right? People expect you to put a fence around your backyard to create privacy, to section it off as like, this is kind of my sacred space. And, um, but we don't do that in relationships. Oftentimes we don't put fences around anything in relationships. And though boundaries are important in all relationships, boundaries are critical in unhealthy relations. So when you're thinking about um, boundaries being hard to set, typically it's going to be with the people you need it the most, that there's unhealthy relationship happening. And so what you do is you're just building a fence around your emotions, your time, your energy, and your money. And that way they have to like have permission to act. 
Yeah. And, and so some examples I could think of off the top of my head would be, would be things like, um, like one, one thing I'm big on is I'll never call my wife stupid. Doesn't yeah. matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter if I'm yeah. right in the argument. It doesn't matter if she's missing a piece of key information. I will never look at her and say, man, you're stupid. Uh, and it, it, if there's ever been an inkling in 21 years, I'm starting to think that it's like, oh, hold on, Mr. Arrogant, check that. <laughs> and, and it's, it's done me well. Uh, and then, so that, that's one, you know, never calling her a name is another. And, and in return, what I'd like to hopefully guard is she doesn't call me stupid. She doesn't call me names. Right. And, um, you know, there've been times where, you know, that's come up and I get 21 years, we're going to argue. Sure. <laughs> and, sure, and, absolutely. and those boundaries get crossed and, and I've crossed boundaries of hers, you know, things like saying cuss words in the middle of an argument, big no, no <laughs> for her. And I'm like, but that's how everybody in my family's argued since I've been a teenager. Uh, yeah. Cause I wasn't allowed to cuss when I was younger, apparently. Uh, well, technically, I wasn't allowed to cuss when I was older either, I just until I stopped. So, anyway. I love a rebel. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so is it better to talk about these boundaries early in a relationship or can they come up any time? Uh, like when's the best time to start communicating these boundaries to your partner or the people in your family? Stay with us. We'll be right back. And now let's talk about how you can use Show to repurpose and market your content. If you have a business like me, you can upload your cornerstone long-form content, like podcast episodes or YouTube videos, into Capshow, and it will create all your content marketing assets for you. And here's the coolest part. Capshow is more than just a robotic AI tool. It's a powerful blend of artificial and human intelligence designed by marketers to help you organically reach more of the right people on more platforms. Go to beyondtherut.com slash capshow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day trial and see for yourself. Now, back to the show. That's a really good question. So really, boundaries come at any time and any point of relationship. Unfortunately, the longer you're in that relationship, like if you're talking about 21 years of marriage and you haven't set boundaries before, and you're unhealthy in your marriage, you'll struggle more. And you may need more support system to help you, which is like getting in groups like Al-Anon or other um, um, like healing sort of groups that help with self-reflection. It could be um, any kind of support group. Those would be really important to help you along that journey the farther you are in a relationship. But when you just begin a relationship, like one of the things I have on my website are um, free little downloadable cards that like you can mail to people that you just meet that are like, hey, just to let you know, these are a few little things about me. And that gives people an idea. Like you could say anything like Saturdays are my family days. I, you know, thank you for any invite you send me on Saturday, but I just need you to know I won't join because it's a family day. Or I go to bed, I don't answer my phone after 9 p.m. at night. So if you ever call me or text me, I'm not ignoring you. That's just my boundary. That's my rule. That's how I do things, right? So sometimes, like, when you're getting to know people, it's good to share some of those things about yourself that they're not going to know, but then they understand that, oh, that's just who she is. If I call her at 930, she's literally never going to answer her phone. That kind of stuff. Cool. I, I like that of uh, being able to share a card. You know, I, I'm thinking about 
when I got certified in DISC through, uh, I believe, Wiley, they provided these cards to the facilitators that they give to their their participants where it's like, this is my style and here are the things Ah. that motivate me, here are the things that demotivate me. Uh, And it's almost like these are my pet peeves and you would post that outside your cubicle. So if somebody popped in, before they got your attention, they could take a quick peek at that card and say, oh, this person's an I. So they value connection, collaboration, conversation, that personal touch to things. And I'm more of like a D on the disc. I'm not personally, but if that, if I were, I'm more of like, here's the task, go get her done. Um, And so coming into somebody else's space, seeing that they're an I, if I'm skilled enough in disc, I can start adjusting my style and say, Hey, how's it going? And, And, you know, whatever discomfort I've got on the inside, kind of suck that up a little bit because I'm engaging this person in the way they prefer to be engaged in. Um, now, I which are boundaries? Yeah, those are boundaries, right? So, so that is such an important thing. Is like you're saying, you just approached their back fence, and you're saying, "I'd like permission to come into your back fence." And so, to know what that is, they need connection, or they need engagement, they need a little bit of entertainment, whatever that linking point is, that gate. When you walk through that gate and into their back space. If you're safe, then they'll keep you there. If you're not safe, then they're going to be like, uh, you need to get out of my back fence. And that looks like more more like, hey, jerk, I don't like you and I'm not going to work with you instead of just get out of my back fence. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and it, it sounds like to interact with others, to respect their boundaries, but or also, also to uphold my own boundaries, I got to have a sense of what are my boundaries in the first place. And chances are, and I think you said it just a moment ago, that a lot of us don't know what our boundaries are, and that's where we usually run into those problems. What are some of the first steps I could go through to identify what my boundaries are? I'm so glad you asked that, because I think the very beginning of setting boundaries is learning to be able to say no and accept no. So when you, our culture today is so codependent and co so sick. We do not respect the autonomy of others at all. We expect everybody to think like us, be like us, act like us. And if we don't, we want to get rid of them. And that is so unhealthy and it's really, really sick thinking. So another issue with today's culture that we tend to have is that we don't know how to be told no. We don't like to be told no, right? Like I grew up in the Burger King, your way, right away culture, right? Like it's my way right now. I want it to be exactly how I want it to be, but that's not real and it's not healthy either. And so when we start to say no and we recognize that we're not personally rejecting whoever we're telling no. So for example, you can't afford to go out to dinner with your friends. On Friday night, you had bills to pay, you had things to do. So they ask you to go out and you're like, no, I can't go. I can't afford to. Well, that's not personal rejection. You're not rejecting them because you're saying, no, I can't go. You're setting boundaries around your time, your energy, and your money, which are the three like key areas that you have to ask about. Do I have the time? Do I have the energy? And do I have the money to do this? So you're not personally rejecting them because you say no, but often instead of them saying, dude, I totally understand that you can't, you can't afford it this week. Um, one, I'll either pay for you or two, we'll get you next, right? They're like, oh man, why do you have to be like that? Right? 
And so they, they make it personal. So then you feel like you just rejected them, but it had nothing to do with rejection. So once you can break through feeling like you've rejected somebody or allowing them to project that on you and that you know that your no doesn't mean that you personally rejected somebody, then when someone else tells you no, you can start to accept, oh, they're not rejecting me. They're just telling me they can't, they're, they don't have the time, energy, or money to do something. And so if we could do that easier, we would have less burnout. We would have less people that we are frustrated with because they're just not listening to us. But it really stems from us knowing that our no is not personal rejection. So once you can say no, you can accept no. And I'm, I'm thinking about like, what amount of self-esteem do we need to have internally to be able to accept somebody's no as that's just simply it. It's a no. For whatever reason that person has, the answer is no. Doesn't mean I'm a horrible person. Doesn't mean I don't have any friends. Doesn't mean people don't want to hang out with me. Doesn't mean that I need to jump off a bridge or a cliff. It's just yes. no. <laughs> and, uh, and I think that that's something important for us to keep in mind. Like if we're feeling offended because somebody said, no, they cannot go with us or no, they, they have got other plans. Uh, no, that's not the thing they feel called or led to do. If we're feeling you know, that, that angst on the inside, I think that's something we as individuals need to take a look at. Like, why is that going on? Um, because I, I love that you brought that up. Being able to respect somebody else's no is huge. Yeah. It's funny that you said that because talking about pod match. So I went through like two weeks. Um, I don't remember when I was, maybe back in the fall. And I got a lot of no's. And I'm like, have you read my profile? I am interesting. You know? <laughs> my first five months on the platform too. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like, I will be a good guest for you. How how can you tell me no? And it was just, because that's like a rude message. Like this person has chosen not to, you know, like you basically. And it's like, <laughs> it really messed with me. And it was, and it wasn't just coming from that. There were some other areas I was getting some personal rejection from, or it felt that way. And so I had to navigate through some of that. Like, okay, Stephanie, they may not have the time, the energy, or or money is not a part of it, but they may not have the time to get you in right now, or they may not feel like your message fits with they're talking about. That doesn't mean that that matters because your message does fit other people. And so you kind of have to have a broader perspective of, I think, the world in general, that you're not an island amongst yourself, nor are you stuck on an as people. The world is fast. And with the internet today, like you have an option to kind of spread yourself out to other people. Like if you're a church, if you're in a church and you feel just extremely unloved, uncared for, unwanted, you need to leave. That's not the purpose of the church. There's no reason for you to be like, well, you know, God hasn't told me I could leave this. Well, yeah, but you're not in community, which is the purpose of the church. It doesn't matter which part of the body you're going to. God's not going to hold you down into a space now, there may be lessons for you to learn, and those lessons are important, but typically it's like you need to find somewhere that fits you. That doesn't mean that they're personally rejecting you. It's just not a fit for you. 
And that can be hard. Like I kind of live in a community that we don't match. We don't fit this community well. And so I've been out here for 13 years and I still don't love it. <laughs> but, but I have found my way, like I don't work out here. You know, I work in a different area of town that does fit me. And I have friends that live in other areas of town that do fit me. And so you just have to be open to those concepts to not make your world so small that you need everything in your world to agree with you and like you. You can branch out if you need to, because rejection really does wear on your heart after time. But you have to make sure, is it rejection or is it a boundary? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, yeah. It just keeps going back to that self-esteem though. Like knowing who you are, know what your boundaries are, know what you stand for, and then respect for other people as individuals, autonomous individuals. And, um, you know, we see it a lot that, you know, I know some people complain about cancel culture. It's like, you know, believe in my progressive idea or else I cancel you. And then the flip side, believe in my, you know, Christian value. In fact, I'm going to try to pass a law on it. And it's like, that's right. That's right. What does that do to the autonomy of everybody else around you? And, and we try to justify it. But the reality is if we're truly trusting the autonomy of others, then being able to share our boundaries and respect people's boundaries, you know, you know, the analogy of the fence go into that, you know, I'll shift gears real quick yeah. back to the analogy of the fence. I worked for a few years as a real estate agent. Um, my wife doesn't listen to the show, so it's cool. She, I'm not allowed to talk about real estate, uh, at least not my, my career as a real estate agent. Uh, too traumatic for us as a family. But any time there was ever an actual dispute of the fence was never about whether or not there was a fence present. It was whether or not that fence was encroaching on one person's boundary or one person's property more than what it was supposed to. And then that's where discussions around who, who wants to pay for a survey now, uh, those come up. And it's like, great. If you want the data, we can pay for a survey. They cost like this many hundred dollars. Uh, do you want to split the cost? Do you want somebody else to pay for it? We, you know, we, we're okay with a survey, but at the same time, we're also not going to move the fence because the fence itself doesn't demarcate. I'm taking more property from you. Um, now I might be robbing you enjoying three inches of your property, but it's also providing us with security. So what, what works here? Do you want us to move the fence? We, do you want to help us? The fence is already here. Do we want to move the fence? Do you want to help right. pay for it? What's the give and take? There, you know, like, but the only time people seem to be upset about a fence is when it encroaches into somebody else's space. And, uh, but that goes Crosses back the to, boundary. Yes, exactly. And, uh, you know, some folks just hard and fast, non negotiable say, do not do this. Um, and I know we're talking, you know, ambiguity here because there are some things that are hard and fast rules that we don't let people cross into. I'm not going to let people try to intimidate me. I'm not going to let people yeah. think they can exert their perspective of what my value is. Um, yeah. you know, those are hard and fast rules. And I hope and expect everybody else has that same hard and fast rule. And I should appreciate that and respect that. And yeah, and you're shaking your head no. And, and a lot of people don't have for themselves, don't know that that's a thing. No. And that's correct. Oh, and then they become like doormats for other people uh, or other people think they've got the entitlement to go make a doormat out of somebody. And that always. Hurts. And so yes. I don't think I've got a question there. I just that was my commentary based on what we've talked about so far. <laughs> well, I'll go I'll go along with that. That's exactly the truth. And that is part of the problem talking about a little bit with the Enneagram. Um, so there's I'm a DI in DISC, by the way. Oh, okay. um, I was like almost 50-50 DI. 
Um, but on the Enneagram, there's nine personality types, right? So the nine as a peacemaker um, and the peacemaker personality will hide itself within others to try and keep the peace, right? So an, an Enneagram nine type would really struggle. Like I'm an eight, I'm a very dominant part, that D, right? So um, if you think of a DI and disc, that would be like what I am as an eight wing seven in Enneagram, okay? So that D is that very dominant type and nine would be similar to like the S, the sensitive, more gentle type, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm an so, SI, by the way, on the disc. An so, SI, yeah. okay. So I'm like, I know that she's talking about. Isn't that one okay. of the rarest? I don't know. Isn't that one of the rarest combinations, the SI? Oh, I have to look because that up. Because it's like, yeah, I'll look that up. I'd like to know. Yeah. Pop <laughs> me an email when you I think, look that Because in my field, almost everybody's an IS or an SI. And so I, to me, it's normal. Uh, and then there's a lot of DIs and IDs. Um, it's, it's the C group that is rare for me to come across because you tend to see those conscientiousness, detail-oriented folks in like engineering, surgery, uh, some parts of law, depending on like corporate law, you know, those kinds of guys, they, they, lots of detail, uh-huh. <laughs> chemists, uh, and I'm not I that. I am married to a C. Oh, man. Oh, man. That's my arch nemesis, by the way. <laughs> when we did the disc thing, so is so us, because one of the things that said was, D's um, will shoot, then ask questions. Yeah. And C's are aim, 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 aim. You almost got to nudge and them to I'm shoot like, them. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. That is so us. You can imagine, like, I, it drives me nuts <laughs> because he thinks that he can figure out every detail of every situation. And I'm like, we're just going to figure it out as we go, right? Yeah. Yeah. And no. then finding that middle ground, like, okay, let's dive, like today, uh, what iPhone, what iPhone 14 is out as of the recording here. It's probably 15 by next okay. week. Who knows? Um, how many people still use the original iPhone from like 2007? Nobody. Wait. Nobody. Yeah. And so how do they get these software engineers and hardware engineers to be okay with launching the original iPhone? It's like, we'll let you come back to the table and come up with a new product in a year. And in fact, we'd love you to, because then that increases our sales anyway. So, you know, let's just keep improving iter- iteratively. And I think that's how you, you get away with you know, appeasing somebody who's a C if you're a D or any other quadrant, because you're just like, we got to get something out there to help people. But those, again, come to boundaries because, you know, for somebody who's a C, yes. there's never enough information. And for anybody yep. else, how do we provide them with all that information so they can make a choice as best as possible. And because, uh, you know, their fear is to be wrong. And somebody who's a D, the, the fear is often to not achieve or not get something done or be seen as a doormat. And so it's like, well, how do we help them get things done, but not inadvertently shoot themselves in the foot? And, and so, like, right. how do we create that environment where they can take risks and, and adjust and, right. as easily as possible? And, uh, and so I, I love that from the disc perspective. But you were talking from Enneagram. Sorry. So I'll, I'll back off. No, no, no. <laughs> so, like, so... C's would be similar to like fives, sixes, ones on the Enneagram. You know, D's would be eight, threes, um, sevens would be the I and two, two and seven would probably be I. And then the S would be like the nine and the fours. So if you want to kind of put those into your understanding, those would probably be the numbers and that, that correlate with the disc. But um, yeah, so like if you have a nine, they're going to have very or boundary. 
but they have the eight wing, which is a very strong wing, the challenging protector. The nine is the peacemaker. The eight is the challenging protector. And on the other side of the nine is the moral perfectionist. So they have these very strong wings to pull from that if they can find the balance in themselves, they will use those strong wings to help set their boundaries. But it's not going to be natural. It's going to be something that they definitely have to seek out. And like for me, being a strong personality, um, it's hard for me to necessarily recognize other people's boundaries because I'm willing as a D to just steam right over those suckers to make things happen, right? And so I have to be more aware of, of I want to give you a perfect example. A few months ago, um, I saw my coworker at the salon filling up her shampoo bottle or her conditioner bottle and I'll, she had a funnel in there and I was like, sister, I've been doing hair forever. I don't ever use funnels to put conditioner in a bottle because that takes forever. It it's a ridiculous step. <laughs> so I go over there and I'm like, let me help you. Well, I freaking ended up like dropping the tube off of her shampoo pump into her shampoo where I couldn't get it out. I made a mess with the conditioner and I came back to her and I was like, I should have stayed out of that. And I am so sorry because I just right and she's so sweet right she's like oh it's fine I think she's a nine personality you know and I was like no I should have stayed out of that and I apologize for just crossing right over and then I made a mess of it and so it's that kind of thing just being more self-aware of did you make a mess of something that somebody was doing just fine they're just doing it slower than you or maybe not as efficient or whatever but just let them do it and stay out of it. And so um, so being self-aware when you're crossing other people's boundaries is very important as well. Yeah. Even better if you could be that self-aware person before you cross the boundary, which goes back to the thing you said way back at the beginning of our conversation about asking for permission as you're about to go do a thing with somebody, uh, to have a conversation, to provide feedback, to, um, you know, ask about somebody's story, you know, all these things, you know, like you're, you're an open book. I, my eye kicks in I tend to be an open book on the podcast. People freak out when they see me in a meeting and my S the steadiness comes out and I, I go back to what's best for the group and I'm listening to everybody. And I remember not this past job I had, but the one before it, uh, my boss had forgotten that. I was a stronger S. She's the one who got me certified. So she knows I knew disc. She's like, Jerry, are you okay? You didn't talk that whole meeting. And we were in there for like an hour. I was like, oh yeah, I'm fine. Um, I learned so much in there. She's like, really? You didn't say a word. I thought something was going on at home or maybe you don't like you know, working with us. All these things are going through my head. She's a strong, yeah, she's a strong S as well. And I'm like, well, I wanted to listen to everybody else's perspective and I didn't have anything to add that was like ground shattering and nobody's rights or values were being trampled on. So I felt no need to stand up and say anything. And I was just waiting for the plane to land and whatever you know solution came out of this group, I'm all for it because everything kind of aligned with what I think we need to do. And you know, I'm not on this team to make a name for myself. I'm on this team because I love the work. I love the team and it supports my family. It pays the bills. So all those are still yeah. there. And she's like, yeah. oh, yeah, you are an S on the desk. So uh, just just keep in mind, you're always welcome to speak up. And I'm like, and, and, but I knew about myself that I will speak up if 
like some hardcore values of mine are being trampled on, like respect for others, uh, respect for myself, uh, not being heard. Like when I am actually speaking and somebody cuts me off and says, yeah, but, right. and, and then like counters what I'm saying without really listening to the, the off, the, yeah. the information I'm providing or offering, then that might upset me because if you're doing it to me, you're doing it to others. And it's that, that again, what's best for the group. Um, or if I see like people are kind of picking on somebody's idea, I may come in and help champion that person that like, hey, I think I see where yeah. they're coming from. I, I can see this, this, and this. And we talked about our objective was A, B, and C, but we're adhering to something that we've already said doesn't work. And then this person came up with an I, I think we should take a look at that. Uh, yeah. And if they try to shoot that down, it's like, well, and I've done this before. It's like, you know, it's a bad idea. Well, why is it a bad idea? You're just having a knee-jerk reaction here, and you're shooting somebody's idea down. And I hope it's not because it came from that person. Uh, I think, Right. Yeah. And, and so, like, but I, I know where those boundaries are for me. And, it, and I love that we're talking about this because, you know, there are probably folks struggling in their relationships either at home or at work. Because they're inadvertently stepping on landmines, they're they're crossing that boundary yes. into somebody else's nation and stepping on that landmine and landmine and not realizing what they're doing. And you know, I I know folks like this, and their knee jerk reaction is, "Well, fine, I just won't engage with anybody," and then they they close off. And right, and I'm thinking right. like, that's, yeah, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, 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 no. Go that's ahead. The, yeah, that's the lack of acknowledging autonomy, right? Like, oh well, I'm just going to shut down instead of going, okay. They're their own person. I'm my own person. Now we have to find a place that we can operate together well. Instead of doing that shutdown, like, I'm I'm just not going to be a part of it anymore. You know, like, you, know, you can't do that just because you've crossed a boundary and someone got mad at you. Or you tend to push boundaries on the regular, which there are those people that, like, there's a certain need for that, right? There's a certain need to push certain things, but you got to know when to pull back and that it's not personal rejection. And that is what happens when somebody sits in personal rejection that, well, I'm just not going to be a part of anything that, you know, yeah. <laughs> they made it personal instead of going, oh, wait, I just crossed this completely autonomous person's line and I need to pull back, but not shut down, right? I call it the space of grace. Oh, I love like that. this is one person, this is the other person, this is your space of grace in the middle, right? And if you keep that space of grace, you've got a little get. But if you don't, this is what you end up with, right? Yeah. And so we want that space of grace between all of our relationships that gives a little cushion to preference, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up because my wife actually exercised that on me over the last 21 years, but more specifically in the first 10, uh, because our views of parenting were way different. Like she was good at it and clearly I was not. Um, and I'm not joking. Like I was bringing in a lot of habits from my mom, which was like this ironclad tiger mom type of approach to parenting. And my wife's like, who's motivated by that? Did that ever motivate you when you were a kid? And I'm like, no, it did not. I <laughs> hated her for it. And she's like, so why do you think that's going to work with the next generation? And I was like, oh, wow. And, and for her to like take the time to talk that through, uh, because the first few times we had these kinds of discussions, I was that guy like, well, I mean, you think you got it better than you handle the parenting and I'll handle the providing. Dur, dur, dur. You know, like stupid man stuff right. here. Yeah. You know? And, and right. she's like, 
no, that's not how a marriage and a mutual relationship works. I'm like, well, you know, and blah, blah, blah. It, it didn't matter what I said. I, I was I was hurt. And I was like, why is it my way was wrong? And she exercised that grace to say, OK, he's clearly holding on to some things here. Let, I'll let him kind of sort through that. But here are some ground rules. Like yeah. She had boundaries on parenting. Like, this is my vision for raising my kids. And here are some absolutes I will not do. Okay. Yes. I, I agree with those. I don't see why I'm arguing with you because those are sound boundaries. Uh, she didn't use the word boundaries at the time. Just sort of like, here are some hard, sure. fast rules. And I was like, yeah, that, that makes sense. I, I can agree with that. And uh, this is where I'm, this is my motivation, why I'm so uptight about wanting our kids to do well in school, for example. You know, I want them to always strive to be their best. It's like, great. You don't achieve that by yelling at them. Think about your football coaches. Think about your baseball coaches, the good ones, uh, compared to the bad ones. Think about you know, your dad's parenting style to your mom's. Which of those yeah. motivated you to go do your best? And I was like, well, son of a gun. Well, look at that. She had to take the time to give me that grace, share her boundaries. Let me share my my intentions. And then over the course of, I mean, by the time the kids were 18 and done, like still getting better at it over and over. Like I just... Yeah, but it took time. So the, the grace piece is huge. Um, now, folks, I know they can buy your book. It's on Amazon, Barnes Noble, a bunch of other places, Believing in Boundaries. Guys, you got to get a copy of it. Uh, I know you've got an online course as well on your website, the Stephanie Jordan. Yes. Dot com. <laughs> and, uh, and you are the Boundaries Mentor. So uh, do you coach folks? I know you're a certified coach for marriage and family using the Enneagram. So do you take on individual clients? Do you go into churches and work with groups? Like how, how do people get more help from you to establish boundaries, communicate boundaries, respect boundaries, and everything else? So the online course is like your first step. Um, and once you get the course, you will go into a Facebook live group. Um, and I put constant content out as well on like Instagram and Facebook and all of that sort of stuff. So I constantly have content generating. I don't have any specific um, like uh, webinars yet. I plan on doing that this year. I'm kind of uh, picking my brain a little bit about because boundaries can be such a vast topic sometimes I think it can be hard like how do you set that in one hour right um and people are always kind of left with more questions and so it's really a journey so really the online course is the best way to go because I take you on a full journey like through the healthy uh relationship roadmap to three keys to you know, do not cross and then be safe. And every one of those modules just has a ton of information on healing, healing yourself, forgiveness, um, learning what boundaries are, how to set them, how to hold them, and all of that sort of stuff. So that really is the best way to start. And then I'll see you on Facebook for the other, the other goodies. And I'll do live so we can actually like talk about situations and discuss. Yeah. Thanks. And it sounds like from a business perspective, um, we kind of talked through a boundary just now. I mean, talking yeah. boundaries is a long process. We've got a whole lifetime of yes. habits we've developed. Um, we've got to build some new habits, some new skills. And I don't think a one hour webinar is going to pull that off either. I don't think this 
35 to 40 minute conversation is going to give everybody all the answers they need around boundaries yep. either. So you got to reach out to They'll Stephanie. They'll have lots of questions. Exactly. <laughs> so I think the format you got is great. My personal opinion. Uh, <laughs> so uh, there you have it, guys. I'm going to put the links to Stephanie's website, the course, her book, all into the show notes. Uh, so keep listening as I uh, you know, do that wrap up after we get our final word of wisdom from Stephanie. So what final words of wisdom would you like to leave us before we go? I think that people need to do the hard work to learn boundaries, what they are and how to set them. Because you will take every relationship in your life and be able to enrich that relationship. Healthy relationships will just get better and more give you more depth. Unhealthy relationships will either be forced to change into healthy relationships or you'll weed them out of your life. So just do the hard work to learn boundaries, set them, hold them, and believe that because we are made in the image of God, God first established boundaries in creation and in relationships. And as image bearers, if we will do the same thing, then we have a better chance of having good, healthy, fulfilling relationships in our lives. Awesome. Stephanie, thanks for being on here and for being our first openly Harley riding guest on the show. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> now, I hope, one, that you found this conversation fun, lighthearted, but also valuable in terms of setting boundaries for yourself and all the people around you. If you want more information, like where do you find her book? I want to book her to speak at my organization. Uh, check out the show notes at beyondtherut.com slash 384. Now, if you want to pay this show back, the best thing you could do is to pay it forward. So the other thing I'm going to ask of you is to hit the share button. However, you're listening to this episode right now and share this with a friend, a family member, a coworker, or that neighbor across the street. Now, I'm glad you joined me for this episode of Beyond the Rut. I look forward to joining you again on the next one. But until then, go live life beyond the rut. Take care. You know, the best thing I love about Cap Show is that they have one of the best communities ever. As a Cap Showian myself, I always get invited to masterminds with industry leaders to get the insights and marketing strategies that take my business to the next level. Plus, they love surprising and delighting us. Go to beyondtherut.com slash capshow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day free trial with the Cap Show team today and join me inside that community.